you're ready to stop submitting basic applications and winging your interview for your next nursing role, whether you're a graduate nurse or a seasoned healthcare professional, we'd love to exclusively invite you to our secret nurse growth hub, where you can get all of the support to apply, interview and land your next nursing role completely free. All of the resources that we've shared and created over the last three years that have helped 3,000 plus nurses internationally apply, interview and land their next nursing role. So what are you waiting for? Come and join us today. It's completely free. LiamCaswell.com forward slash NGH. Come and join the Nurse Growth Hub today and let's make applying, interviewing and landing your next nursing role easy. Welcome to the High Performance Nursing Podcast, where we seek to coach, educate and inspire nurses globally to achieve their high performance potential. Learn from influential clinicians having curious conversations to help you navigate your unique high performance nursing career path. Join me, your host Liam Caswell, nursepreneur, coach and mentor, as we explore how you can create a balanced high performance nursing career. Let's do this. Well, hello, hello, it's Liam. I hope that you are all well. Welcome to episode three. Oh my goodness, I am so blown away with the the amount of people that have been listening. I think the podcast has been listened to over 180 times across five different countries. I just can't believe it. It's amazing. So thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for all your lovely messages I have had so many beautiful messages from nurses who can resonate with what we're talking about, who have been inspired by Rachel's positivity and amazing you know, clinical experiences in the podcast previously, in the, the Critical Care Nursing podcast. I've had people say to me, oh my God, you've motivated me to go and do further study. I'm just so happy that this platform is creating a space for nurses to empower nurses. It is my one passion and we just want to keep lifting up the profession. And what better way to do that than to have a wee listen to a podcast on your walk with your little dog or to listen in whilst you're cooking your dinner. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me and my amazing guests. Today is a solo episode. Yes, you are in for a treat you're going to put up with me for 20 minutes, but I'm so excited to talk about all things new graduate programs, jobs, landing jobs. And I think this will be so valuable to so many people within this community. I think it's safe to say that everyone that is a nurse in Australia will understand the angst when I say the word new graduate program. Uh, you're coming to the end of your degree and it's time. It's time to land that amazing role as a new graduate nurse in the new graduate program. And there's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure for people to land these roles. And today we're going to talk about those that have landed roles within a graduate program and within the broader health system, because yes, that's right. We don't just work in hospitals, people. Uh, there's lots of other opportunities out there. So Let's not think about boxing ourselves in. And then we're going to look at the other side where we look at those of you that haven't secured a graduate program. And from my experience, 
my own personal lived experience and that as a nurse resume career coach, I can tell you right now, you will get a job. You heard it here first. You will get a job. It feels like the world is ending, but I can tell you right now, you're going to make it. And I know that because I didn't have a new graduate program. I started out in the UK where new graduate programs aren't a thing, so that's why I didn't have one. But also the fact is that I started as a new graduate nurse on the floor in a hospital and I just applied and I got the job. And that's what you really need to be doing. That's the crux of it. If you haven't got into a graduate program, we've got to start exploring all the opportunities that are available to you. Okay, so let's kick off with the new graduate nurses that have finished the degree and they are prancing around because they're so proud, which you should be because it's amazing. And those individuals that are applying for new graduate positions or they're applying for roles in the hospital setting and you got them. Well done. That is amazing. Good on you. And this is where the fun begins. So today I wanted to share with you guys some tips and tricks about how to navigate that first nursing role. Obviously, I can't talk about everything, but I will just clarify and run through a few kind of things that I think you definitely need to do before you start. So kicking off, I would be super encouraging you to go and confirm your appointments and make sure that you have definitely got the role and that you have that documented in writing and you've been offered a position and you've accepted it. That is the first thing that I would suggest. And then I would be exploring what your first rotation is. Now, hopefully your graduate program is all organized and they've sent it out to you. And if you didn't get where you wanted to go, don't be demoralized. This is the year of learning, consolidating your skills and knowledge, drawing upon the evidence base to make sure that you are kickstarting your career on the right foot. So it doesn't matter where you go. Acuity is not everything, okay? It it might look like it at the start and it's all fun, but you know, you'll, uh, over time you might really start to see that actually I really love aged care or I've got this burning desire to work in outpatients. That's okay. It's all about sampling, experimenting. That is what your first year is about, okay? So you've identified your first rotation, then you've got to give those lovely ward managers a call and you've got to say, hey, my name is Liam and I'm about to start. Here's a new graduate nurse and uh, I'd love to come in and meet you if that's okay and have a walk around the unit. I'd like to schedule a face-to-face meeting with you so that I can introduce myself and get to know where I'm coming to. Why is that important? Because it's going to alleviate so much anxiety for you in in preparing for your first role. So I would highly encourage you to do that. Of course, meeting with a manager, it's really good to go in with any questions prepared before you go in. Yeah, so you've got the role already. That's awesome. You now need to go in and have a meeting. And maybe you want to ask some questions about the workplace. Maybe it's about culture. Maybe it's about the rostering, and you want to use that opportunity to introduce yourself and your background. If you are a nurse that's come in with years of experience and transferable skills in a different area, introduce yourself. Do you know, I found out the other day that someone in my workplace has got a master's in environmental management. I was just like, that is such a random qualification for a nurse to have, but amazing. Do you know, let's see what skills we can use from that, that we can bring into the workplace. So don't undersell yourself. Get in there and and have a bit of a chat about who you are and what you're looking forward to. 
One question that I would definitely ask, well, there's a few actually, one is around local rostering rules. So make sure that you get a good understanding of the rostering rules. The last thing you want to do is get in there and realize that they've got some fancy rostering rules that includes, you know, eight nights in a row and so on and so forth. That's not going to happen. I'm being dramatic. But just clarify what the rules are and what the expectations are around your night shifts, your weekends. And that is how many nights do you do a month and how many weekends typically would you be rostered? And how do you put in your rostering requests and how does that all work? Most places have an online system that you can actually access at home, which is great. And you can plan and book out in advance. The other thing to clarify with rostering is annual leave. So, oh my goodness, I could not believe this when I moved to Australia. And in my first hospital where I worked as an agency nurse, I was talking to the staff and there was like a one and a half year wait for annual leave. Two years in some places, there was just no availability. So you need to get onto it straight off the bat. Book in some annual leave register your interest for annual leave, get yourself on a wait list. You want to be strategic. You want to work a couple of months maybe and have some time off and then work a couple of more, have some time off. In your first year, it's really important that you are taking those breaks at regular intervals and not just waiting until the end of your six months because you'll you'll be tired. You will You might feel burnt out. You might be over it. You might be a little bit demoralized because it's, it's a baptism of fire it is wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's going to it's gonna smack you in the face, okay? It's going to be quite confronting, uh, the responsibility, the accountability. And, and you want to make sure that you've got some breaks lined up because it also motivates you to move forward. Like, I've got a break coming. Yes, yes, yes. I can, I can manage this up until then. So look at annual leave times. Then I would be starting to look at maybe things like what are the typical presentations that present to that unit so doing a bit of online research and then maybe you want to do some research when you're actually on the unit with the manager or the delegate and you want to have a bit of a chat about what do they normally see so that you can go back and have a look do a bit of background knowledge a research uh, look at the evidence base what are the guidelines out there that that reference this typical presentation and how will I implement that into my practice just so that you're a bit more prepared, right? And getting a ward medication stock list. This was something that I did 10 years ago when I started in a busy medical admissions unit. I was given a medication stock list and uh, at the time I looked at it and there was like 200 meds on this bloody list. And I saw this as an opportunity for me to actually consolidate my learning because I knew some of them and I was like, look at me, look at me go. But it was also for me to start unpacking what regular medications were used in that area. Now, we all know that as a new graduate nurse or even just a new nurse in a new environment, one of the most challenging things is the medication round. It's getting used to the systems, getting used to where the drugs are, the storage facilities, it's getting used to the type of patients. Maybe you're in an area where it's really challenging to give patients medications. So you want to make sure that you've at least feeling you're at least feeling comfortable with with your medications and you're feeling somewhat confident in your baseline knowledge. So that medication stock list could look like medication, maybe it's brand name, and then looking at mode of action and looking at how it interacts within the body physiologically, looking at the side effects, looking at regular dosage, 
I would highly recommend going through that, chipping away at that before you start and as you start and keep adding to it. It's a reference point for you throughout your career. So that's award medication stock list. We've talked about getting a tour of the units, having a walk around, getting a bit of a feel for the environment. You'll get a feel for the culture. Hopefully it's really positive. But remember, we can all influence culture positively. Organize your uniforms, making sure that you have identified that uniforms might take a little while to come. So uh, get yourself some instructions from your manager around what's acceptable. Hopefully your uniforms will come on time. So I would definitely pick up a copy of your EBA, your Enterprise Bargaining Agreement, and having a bit of a scan over that. They're pretty dense documents, but it will tell you about rostering, annual leave requirements. It will tell you about pay scales. It will tell you lots of information good to keep one at home or online on your desktop so that you can reference to it at any point as you need. This one might be a little controversial, but it's joining a nursing union. I all for joining a nursing union, um, but I know a few of my peers at the moment are questioning that and exploring whether that's good value for money. But all I can say is that from a legal perspective, if something happens to you, if you are in some form of altercation or something happens that may impact your registration, your APRA registration or your ability to work as a nurse, you will need the union or you will need some of the union services. So maybe start out, sign up, see how you feel. Uh, just remember that nursing is such a unpredictable beast (laughs) a nice beast but it's an unpredictable beast of a career where anything could happen any day you know you yeah it's just something that I would highly advocate you do and then it's about looking at you as an individual and looking at what your strengths are your weaknesses your opportunities to learn and grow and what maybe some of your threats might be in that setting so let me clarify So this is what is widely known in the business world as a SWOT analysis. And I think it's chronically underutilized in healthcare, especially as a nurse manager. But on an individual level, there's lots of individual self-awareness tools that you can do. But a SWOT analysis is just really easy. It's a four-box matrix on a page. You break it down into your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. And then you just start writing What are your strengths? What do you really, really feel confident in? What can you do to the best of your abilities as a registered nurse? And then moving into your weaknesses, where are your gaps? It might be that you're going to oncology and you've never been there before. So pop that in your weaknesses. Oh, I'm lacking knowledge in oncology. Okay, great. You've got a dedicated area to focus on. Think about being specific, probably more specific than that. But that will come as you dig a bit deeper. And then looking at opportunities. So what opportunities might present themselves within your first rotation? Super exciting. You might be able to get exposed to things like pick lines, central lines. Maybe you're in an environment that delivers chemotherapy. Maybe you're going to see lots of procedures and interventions. So those are the opportunities that you want to kind of think about, do a bit of research around so that they inform your learning and inform your conversations when you start your position. And then thinking about threats. So threat sounds very, very serious, but it's more around things like what might threaten your own success. So it could be your mindset. It could be your beliefs. It could be that you feel like you're not good enough and you don't know anything. 
And that's not going to serve you as you move forward. So being aware of that and having the insight to that will help you grow and develop and you'll be able to pick up on it easy as it arises within you in those moments of stress or anxiety or chaos. So threats are could be looking internal, threats could also be looking external. So it could be that you maybe don't have any support locally, like maybe there isn't an educator assigned to you from a graduate program. So that could threaten your development. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah, take take action and, and move forward with that so that you're not just kind of flailing in the wind as a, as a new grad. So that's a SWOT analysis and you can actually download a SWOT analysis template from my website for free, but I will pop it in the show notes below so that you can access that. And then it comes down to getting your first roster and working your first few shifts. Congratulations. My one top tip is be kind to yourself. This is new. This is change. It's going to feel overwhelming. You got this. Find the people that will support you and acknowledge the people that maybe aren't going to support you. That's okay. We don't take that personally. We move on and we find those that will invest in us and help us thrive. And seek ongoing feedback at the end of your day. Hey, I really loved working with you today. Do you have any feedback for me about things that I could do to improve? Or I really liked how you delivered that subcutaneous injection. Do you mind talking me through that? Or next time, can I maybe come along with you and I can deliver that medication and administer it under your guidance? Yeah, nurses with experience love to help new nurses. They do. And we get caught up in this busy narrative but it's so important for us to to build our new staff and our new nurses. So seek that ongoing feedback and find those nuggets of gold with those individuals that are going to really lift you up. And then finally, the most important thing, check your payslip. Make sure that your payslip reflects the hours that you've worked. Most hospital orientation programs will cover this, but make sure that you go through it. Now, I have been stung by this before. And it wasn't when I was a new grad, I should know better. And that's why I'm stressing this point to you now, is that I worked within the primary healthcare setting and I was working part-time. And I was thinking, wow, my pay is bloody good. Like, I'm, And I was only working three days a week, but it was shift work. I'm thinking, wow, these penalties, wow, why do people complain about this? And then I realised... Well, I didn't actually. My manager realized six months later that I had been paid full time for six months. So, of course, the the cost was um, recovered and I had to pay it back over a year, uh, which was painful. So do not do as I do. Do as I say. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure that you check your pay slip and do that regularly. So that's for the guys that have got into a program or they've landed a new role and they're excited, they're about to start their first position. So I hope that's of value. Please let me know in the feedback or on Facebook if you think that's of value. And I will pop the link for the resources in the show notes. So what about if you haven't secured a graduate program? How are we going to navigate this? I know that a lot of nurses go through this, and I know that there is this chronic over-introduction of new graduate nurses into the system, and then we only have a pocket of jobs available for new graduate nurses, and that is a problem. And that's why getting a new graduate program is not your only option. Now, I know I can hear you saying, but Liam, 
everyone says that I need experience. Where am I going to get the experience? And I'm here to tell you that you've just done three years, maybe even longer, of free labour as a student nurse. And I would call that experience, wouldn't you? Yes, it's not experience as a registered nurse. But I can guarantee you that as you start reaching out and you start exploring different opportunities and finding your unique experience from your studies and from the side jobs that you've been doing, maybe as an assistant in nursing or as a disability support worker, or maybe you worked in a cafe as a barista, all of that is experience that will inform your nursing career. You will bring skills from all of those roles and they will shape who you are as a clinician. So if you have not landed a role, all is not lost, okay? I worked with 40 nurses last year in six months and most of them did not land a role and all of them got a role, okay? And it comes back to this, how are we as nurses marketing ourselves? And I've just kind of recently started using the word marketing because I kind of feel like we're just, that's what it is. How do you market yourself? If you popped into an Apple store and it wasn't shiny and the Apple iPhones didn't look very nice and they weren't selling these products to you in a way that was glossy and techno and fancy, would you buy them? No. So how are we marketing ourselves? So that's kind of what I want to explore here. So first and foremost, if you've applied for roles and you haven't got them, you need to get feedback. Okay. Feedback is someone's opinion or their objective assessment of your application. And that's all it is. Okay. We take that feedback. We do not take it personally. We try our best to make sure that we distance ourselves from that. We look at it and we unpack how we can move forward. I know it's easier said than done, but that is the only way you'll move past that feedback. Yeah. So we've got to use it to fuel us to get to the next point. I know some places don't offer feedback and that's that's unfortunate, but always, always reach out and, and check whether or not they're going to give you some feedback. Yeah. So if you find that you are not getting any kind of callbacks whatsoever, so you're sending in your CV and your cover letter and your selection criteria and you're getting nothing, the problem lies with your cover letter CV selection criteria. Okay. So it's time to look a bit deeper into that and start exploring how we can elevate that application. If you are, of course, getting an interview, so your CV cover letter and selection criteria is moving forward and they've given you a call and said, we'd like to have you in for a chat, but you don't get past that point. It's probably your interview technique. Yeah. So maybe some harsh realities here for some listeners, but there are so many things out there that, that will help you land those roles. If you are getting through all three of those stages and then you get that dreaded, your application was great, your cover letter was amazing, your selection criteria was just hit the spot and your interview was really good, but unfortunately on the day there was just a better candidate. Yes, that sucks. And I'm sorry that that's the situation. However, again, that's awesome. It's awesome feedback. It's so good. You can take that and replicate that and move forward and apply for the next role. And sometimes the reality is somebody that has more experience, that's maybe got a qualification specific to that area that you don't, will get the role. It's a hard pill to swallow, 
but it's it's reality. So we just keep moving forward with that, yeah? So let's explore some of those things a bit further. So the first thing that I would be doing is set up your LinkedIn account to build your network. So I like to think of LinkedIn as a professional version of Facebook. Doesn't have all the crap that Facebook has on it. And it's it's professionals, registered nurses and other professionals in different industries sharing their experiences or insights, their learnings, sharing motivational, inspirational content to help each other grow and develop. So the beauty of LinkedIn is that it's full of recruitment professionals and companies, organizations. So that's one aspect where you could update your LinkedIn profile, make sure you've got a picture on there, you're looking very professional, you've got your CV on there, and you start building a network. Network with the recruiters, have a look at your dream role, maybe have a look at that hospital that you really want to work in, and reach out to people, send them a message. Do you know, there's no harm in asking, hey, I'm a registered nurse, and I would love to come and work in your organisation. Are you recruiting? Yeah. Networking is so, so important. So LinkedIn, in my opinion, is completely massively underutilized by nurses. And there's so so many nurses on there now at the moment. It's picking up and there's some amazing people sharing awesome content that will help you grow and develop. But as you land a role and you move through your career and you update your LinkedIn profile, what you'll find is people start reaching out to you and saying, hey, would you like to apply for this job? We've looked at your profile and you seem to suit everything that we we need. And that's great. And the flip side of that is if you want to work towards becoming a lecturer in a university, you can type in lecturer and you can find a a nursing lecturer and see how they've got there. And I love this idea because I'm a career studier like Rachel talked about in the last podcast, but I'm more about studying people's career. I love to see how people have got somewhere. What did they do? And how did they get there? And then that fuels my next action rather than me just kind of blindly taking the next step. I'm being strategic. So set up a LinkedIn account uh, to build your network. The other thing I would do is sit down with a nice cup of tea or coffee and a notepad and jot down a comprehensive list of all potential recruitment opportunities that are open to you. Maybe you look at the areas that you can work in. Maybe you're in Brisbane, but you're happy to go down to the coast. Maybe you're in Canberra, but you can move to Sydney or you're happy to go to Melbourne. Broaden your horizons. If you can only stay locally, that's fine. Start jotting down all of the the public and private hospitals. Start exploring the recruitment companies locally, start looking at healthcare agency companies, maybe primary health, maybe look at travel clinics. I met an amazing new graduate nurse the other day in a travel clinic. And I thought, wow, what a great place to start. Why not? She was loving it. So, you know, collate all of that information and then move forward with it. Take action, put yourself out there, develop your CV, maybe develop a cover letter, and start sending it out to people. Now, make sure that if you're sending it out to aged care, and then you're sending it out to primary health, that you are adapting that application. We cannot send the same application. From a managerial perspective, and someone receiving applications, you can spot them a mile off. If it's not tailored to the job, it goes in the no pile, unfortunately. So make sure that you have adapted that to meet the needs of that organization. But start putting yourself out there, yeah? Uh, Start marketing yourself to employers. 
The other thing to do is maybe explore casual opportunities in your local public hospitals, private hospitals. Now, this might be challenging. I know a lot of managers that kind of are against this and it's not the ideal situation that you come in and you would work casually because that could mean that you one day are in oncology, the next day you're in ED and the next day you're in palliative care. But again, from a sampling experimentational perspective, I think it's awesome. And you're getting to try before you buy. You're exploring all of these amazing opportunities and you're getting to find what you gravitate towards and what really fuels and energizes you as an individual. So explore casual opportunities. So recently I worked with a nursing client who did just that. They had moved into state. They'd previously worked in rural remote pediatrics and wanted to make a shift into adult mental health. And the way that we navigated that was at the time there was no positions. So we took it upon ourselves to reach out to the local mental health units and we said, hey, I've got a passion for working with adults with mental health. Do you have any casual opportunities or can I come in and have a walk around and express my interest? From that, that individual got a casual role and within a couple of weeks, they were hired full time, permanent. So, you know, there's such power, such power in networking and putting yourself out there. So explore casual nursing opportunities. And then the the other thing is, you know, exploring all of those things I talked about at the start. So if your CV is not hitting the mark, maybe get someone else to have a look at it. Get a peer to have a look at it. Get maybe your parents or someone, someone within the healthcare industry to have a look at it. The one thing that I see time and time again is that nurses go to HR professionals for CV review. And I'm not against it at all. But there are so many nurse managers, nurses that run small businesses in Australia that are now offering this service because quite frankly, the reason why I set up this this Liam Caswell High Performance Nursing was because I was seeing so many CVs that were done beautifully by HR, but they were a project management CV. It was a business, very businessy CV. And that's not a word, by the way, businessy. But they just did not market the nurse. They market they marketed project management skills. And although you could probably argue that you know working in a hospital and, and looking after patients might be seen as project management, but I don't like that. It's not terminology we use. And when you have a CV that reflects that, that's the kind of language that you pick up on. Instead of a nurse reviewing your CV, who will be the one that actually says yes or no to whether or not you're coming into interview. So I don't know if many people know this, but in most hospital settings, the CVs are actually reviewed by the nurses. HR might filter them and they might go through that kind of electronic system or they might say Liam didn't upload a cover letter and that was part of the requirement. So see you, Liam. But nurses actually review them in the hospital. Nurse managers will get 50 CVs dropped on the desk and we've got to go through them, yeah? So we want to make sure that whatever you're putting up there is nursing. It sells you as a nurse, uh, not as a project manager. Doesn't matter that it looks beautiful on the paper and that there's this amazing flower running through the middle of the page and it's got beautiful borders. It's actually about the content. But, you know, we don't 
look at CVs and go, wow, that's a beautiful CV that this individual must be amazing. We look at it and we go, this looks well put together. Let's see what the content looks like and let's see what their achievements are. What have they done? How are they going to fit into our team? So I would highly recommend seeking out one of those nurse career coaching, resume writing, CV cover letter, interview prep businesses. I offer that here at Liam Caswell High Performance Nurses and I would be more than happy to help you and I'd love to help you land your first new graduate role. So there's a lot to think about in this one, but I hope that that's been valuable. So I want you to remember, be kind to yourself. You are amazing. You have made it through the most difficult time probably of your career to date and your life potentially. Three years of nursing school, it's bloody hard. Um, And this is only the start. And you've got this. You're going you're gonna to smash it as you move forward. So no matter whether you've got a job or you don't have a job yet, yet being the important word, because you will find one. We've just got to do a bit more work and explore, you know, the world's your oyster. And it's such an exciting time for you. So I will love you and leave you there. I'm going to head off now. But I wish you all the best and I hope you find that massively valuable. And I will speak to you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast. Please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. I would love you to join my online community of high performance nurses. Join us on Facebook at Liam Caswell or check out my website at liamcaswell.com. Until next time, I have been your host, Liam Caswell, and I am truly grateful for the opportunity to help you build your high-performance nursing career. Be kind to yourself and stay forever curious.